Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you all so much for joining us. We are once again so delighted to have one of the greats of the club joining us to ask, answer your questions and then to um, and then to, to regale us with his time, both at town and alike. And we are delighted to welcome Kevin Donovan. Kevin, thank you very much for joining us. One of the more one of the more um, nice backgrounds we've seen from our players. Very really? nice gaff you have. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't planned. I just sat down, just sat down in the kitchen, to be honest. <laughs> Best of the interior decorators so far right. we've had. How, how's everything your way in Brickhouse? You were telling us that the soccer school is back up and running and, and, and good to go. Yeah, back up now. We've been back up, obviously, for a few weeks now with everything opening up a little bit. So we're just out of soccer school today for three days. Um, we're in at our brig house, so it's just nice to be back and just uh, getting these courses back on for the kids again because I've missed so much. Yeah, I can imagine. And I'm yeah. joined as well by Scott, who is not eating anything for once. Well, you've just missed me eating, so. <laughs> what, is that a Top of the Pops mug? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a story behind that mug alone. Uh, uh, I just I like sh- Top of the Pops. <laughs> Although it's not been on telly for about 20 years. But anyway. So did the Metropolitan Police. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't part of Operation U-Tree or anything. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like a souvenir. <laughs> really cheap. You get them in really cheap in home bargains now, can't you? <laughs> yeah. It's like 99p a cup. <laughs> and Ian has Ian, Ian is either in his work get-up or he's actually he's not wearing a football shirt for once. Uh, this is work get-up, kind of. Yeah, this is office wear. <laughs> But but we're missing the um, the vajazzled head headboard today. Yeah, there's no Swarovski crystals behind me today. We'll leave all that flashed off to Kev tonight. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing really you can take. I can't really. There's nothing to take the mick out of with my background. The only thing I have to do is my camera has to be carefully balanced because if it goes too far down, you can see the litter tray in the background, <laughs> which is which is quite nice. But Kev- just the uh, photo and the Kleenex on the front of your desk, isn't it? That's the issue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm, I'm moving that picture for when Alan Parton comes on I'm not having that that was they always take the mick because I've got that in a little <laughs> <laughs> Lee kept Leanne kept moving it in the background so whenever I was on one of these important calls for work you could just see it over here somewhere because who's that uh, and then I'll tell them uh, but Kevin thank you very much for joining us I mean one of the most exciting right well, well one of the most exciting players we ever had I don't know Scott and Ian you're same as me sort of same age groups it was what did what did Kev mean to you like this is a, <laughs> an emotional support group what are your memories Scott and Ian and then well I'll get into the questions I'm sure you guys have had a look as well go on Ian I mean for me it's just the double season obviously is straight away is just going to jump out and stand out there you know, and, and and to be fair, not even with Kev, but just that whole team. Um, I yeah. think for anybody that's in our age group, um, you know, you talk to other clubs of other uh, with other fans and they all have a team that stands out in their history. And for, for me, you know, coming up to mid-30s, um, Alex, you, you're mid-40s, obviously, Scott, same age as me. Um, that team just stands out. And obviously Kev is a massive, massive part of that. And uh, it's only recently I was actually watching the two Wembley games with my daughter just to show her that at some point in time, Grimsby have gone to Wembley and <laughs> fairly well, rather than uh, when she's been each time, she's a bit of a jinx because she didn't take her to the, yeah, the successful playoff final recently. Uh, Kev, I'm not going to apologise for blowing smoke up your arse, mate. <laughs> uh, because <laughs> honestly, that, that season, I, t- I was 15, 16, and it was the first proper year where I, I pr- pr- pretty much went to every game because I yeah. started to have mates who could drive so I could get to Grimsby. Yeah. I lived in Louth at the time. And um, honestly, some of the football was just so exciting. I remember you you and John McDermott on the right-hand side just had a, a telepathic... Um, it, it was just it was just unbelievable. Like Some, yeah. of, the, some of the things, yeah. you, you linking up with John McDermott, Jack Lester, and so many of the goals... From what I remember, they might not have been. From what I remember, we were very similar, including the one in the playoff final against Northampton, where yeah. a ball would be played up front to, to Leicester and Leicester would just hold it up, knock it off. Maka would be cutting in, he'd cross it in and be a goal. Yeah. And there was just, it was just such an exciting team to watch. 
and the funny thing is it started really slowly from what I remember that season. It, it, it was did, really, yeah. yeah, it was really average. And in yeah. fact, I remember people put call, amazingly calling for Alan Buckley's head because yeah. he, he'd, he'd come back and which is, you know, just crazy when you think about it now. Um, but to have a, a player in yourself, Kev, who wasn't an out-and-out striker and to score 20 goals, 21 goals, was it? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I well, that's never been done by any other player that I can think of at Grimsby. Um, so it was it was an exciting time to be a Grimsby fan, and it was an, it, we were being entertained first and foremost yeah, as well. Yeah, and that and that was just that, that was the most pleasurable thing about it. And um, you gave me some of my best memories, really, from what I remember. You know, from the old Wembley games and, yeah, and the yeah. Fulham playoff game. Um, and I hope it was as good for you, Kev, as it was for the fans. Well, when you say that, you're on about probably the best memories. It, it gave us our best ones as well, along with obviously one or two other one other things that have happened sort of in my early career, things like that. But I think when you talk about, it's strange really, when you talk about John uh, McDermott and Jack, I mean, kind of that. I mean, obviously I'd never ever, you know, I played against John, but obviously it was just something that clicked straight away. Um Obviously, we'd worked, Alan had worked on, obviously, different styles. Of, well, he's one style of play, should we say. Um, so we always knew where we should be in terms of things. But it was almost like just what you said. I almost knew where he was going to be. And I think it was vice versa as well in terms of him with me. So it, it just it was just one of those pairings that clicked from, I knew from the first game, I think we played when I came up, I think it was a friendly against Hearts, Hearts Midlothian. And I just came off thinking... I just knew I'd be able to play with him. I thought I could tell the way the way his style of play. I just thought this could work out quite well, and obviously, uh, as it panned out, it did. Who was the right back at West Brom that you that you play with? Well, to be honest, I was a little bit all over at West Brom. Sort of behind the front two, I played midfield, I played on the right side. I never really sort of hooked out on the right hand side. So it used to change anyway. We had quite a few that were sort of right back. So a lad called Daryl Burgess who played there. Who was a good player. I had a good understanding with him, but nothing on the level of uh, obviously playing with John. Well, I can testify as well, lads, because I played in the Chairman's Challenge in 2013. Bang. Against Cav. Against Cav. And I was playing at left back. <laughs> and I had to mark, I had to mark Kevin Donovan and, and then John McDermott. And <laughs> they had my pants down all night. I had I'm no not, idea. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what to do. I, uh, I got cramp after about half an hour. When did and you When did you res- uh, decide to just start kicking lumps out of them, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't, think you were I couldn't get, to be honest. I couldn't get, I couldn't get near the, both, the pair of them. And they'd not played together for years. And no. yet, you know, they were on the pitch and they knew exactly, Kev knew exactly where Maka would be without even looking. And he was always there, yeah. hugging yeah. the touchline. And so I've got personal uh, testimony <laughs> of the pairing, and it was a bloody nightmare. Yeah, it just, I remember it well. It just, it just, I just remember it being sort of overlap central. Like you two were, I mean, did you know that you would have that sort of ability between you two, that that sort of connection between you as you were playing, or did it just come through? It, just, it, just, it just developed. I think it just happened. Um, didn't particularly work on things. I, it just, it was, it, it was um, it, for me, it was brilliant because he just backed me up all the time. So obviously you knew, I, and a lot of people knew, I want the best defender in the world. But knowing that I had him behind me, gave me a bit of licence, to so a bit of freedom in terms of going forward without having to worry as much. Because it, in terms of defending, they were unbelievable as well. Not many players got past him at all. So as a player behind, you couldn't have asked for anybody better. But then, I knew where he'd be coming forward, charging forward. I knew whether, without, like I say, without looking, he'd either be just behind me or I could hear him going forward or going on the inside or outside. It just it just clicked straight away. It clicked straight away. It took a little bit of time in terms, like I say, that first sort of nine, ten games, probably for everybody to click. But I knew that I had an understanding with John straight away. Um, Andy, so the first question I've got here from Andy, which was sent at 12.32 a.m., which might explain the question. Uh, Has he had a beer too? (laughs) Was our Donovan for England banner a waste of time in 98, as someone had said you'd chosen to play for Ireland anyway? Also, do you even remember seeing it? I do remember the banner, yeah, when we were on the open-top bus. I know exactly what they mean, yeah. Um, I didn't choose Ireland, though. I don't know where he's got that one from. (laughs) Um, 
there was, there was the, I think, I, I can't even remember, who, there was a little bit of mooting around at the time. I can't remember who was in charge of it, it was McCarthy or whoever. And I just asked about my background, but that's as far as it ever got in terms of things like that. Never got any further. But uh, yeah, I do remember the banner. I think it's actually on one of the videos of like, like the overall season type roundup thing. And I do, but I do remember it to this day. Yeah. So it wasn't a waste of time. There I was no the championship manager that year. It said Kevin Donovan, Republic of Ireland. For some uh, obviously, for some reason, did it? Really? Were, yeah, they, they'd asked. They had asked about obviously, yeah. sort of. Had I got a dog or a cat that had been brought over from Ireland, something like that, they were just trying anything, I think, but nothing ever, nothing ever came of it, to be honest. No ringing, no ringing mum and dad back home going, Yeah, <laughs> no, I knew the woman. No, <laughs> where's Uncle so. Seamus from? <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. Right, that was good. I mean, what was your. I mean, it'd be interesting to know in your playing career, you said you had quite a few memories before as well. What were your highlights before town? What would you. What are your? What would you hang your hat on? Um, I think obviously, sort of fact, my first move down to West Brom, obviously being signed by um, Aussie Our Dealers, was big. Obviously, a big thing for me and Keith Birkinshaw, who was obviously just come out of management with Spurs. Um, they come up to watch a game when we played. It was funny enough when we played Blackburn, and they sort of got the Alan Shearer and Dal Gleish was in charge. I think it was some of I remember the Rumbleos Cup. It was that sort of, it was that game. So they came up and watched me and then I got a phone call day after, would like to go and sign for them. So I think that was sort of my, one of the highlights to start off with. And then obviously, uh, similar really how it panned out in terms of, I went down to West Brom as a 20-year-old, Aussie told me I'd be saved sort of for the next season. Um, but I ended up getting in quite early, taking uh, Gary Robson's place. And then I played, I think I played probably 30-odd games towards the end of the season, all the way through the season joining in October and same again finishing it off uh, similar to what we did at Grimsley with a with the Wembley final and probably same again West Brom had not been there for years and years they'd been on a downer so it was a massive thing in terms of a boost for the club um, they'd had a couple of relegations so it were um, very very similar to what uh, what we did when we came back when we came up to Grimsby apologies I... yeah Ian go ahead no, I was waiting for you, Alex. I thought you were oh, sorry, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was really, it was really because obviously you had Huddersfield before it as well. What was the, yeah. what would the, what was the differences in setup? Because West Brom, with with that sort of setup of Aussie coming in, and and there's obviously quite a few Spurs connections. Were they were they trying their their hardest to get to assert that to reassert their dominance in the league? Because it's not a team that should be where it is. No. No. Um, did you was the setup any more professional than it was at Huddersfield? I know it's different nowadays when we talk yeah, about it is. Yeah, it was. It was totally different when I went down there. I mean, they'll be their aim was obviously they got Aussie in and Keith. Obviously, they, they weren't they were expecting there to be a bit longer than what they did. So their aim was to go back into what would have been the Division One, so to a champ, a Premier League. So that's that's what their aim would have been. Um, that's what it was. Um, obviously, it was everything was set up in terms of. It was just a bigger club, obviously. It's a bigger club in stature than Huddersfield was. Training ground, set up. Obviously, Ozzy and Keith have come from the top, very, very top. So they're trying to instill everything into it that were top level. But um, obviously, once we got promoted, then Spurs came in for Ozzy straight away. I think a week after we got promoted at Wembley. And uh, obviously, uh, he had to go because it was obviously his value club and he uh, he couldn't turn down the opportunity to go and manage him, which was a, which was a big... Looking back, a big disappointment for myself because he sort of took me under the wing um, and spent a lot of time with me in terms of playing and how to play and how he wanted me to play. But um, just one of those things that Spurs came calling and uh, he had to go and there was an embargo that he couldn't come back for any um, any West Brom players. So we were stuck, really. That's a, that's Alan a, that's Buckley a, that, would have struggled. That's a, that's a <laughs> yes. clever embargo. We should have had one of them. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. And uh, it would have got... I mean, I spoke to him not long after and, yeah, I think I might have been in a different place. Had oh, really? Embargo not being there, but that's uh, that's how it goes, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's huge, isn't it? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, what was it like meeting... Alan, for the first time, then what was it like meeting the gaffer? First impressions. Um, I'll be honest. I, 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 I think everybody heard about the style of football that he plays. 
he came down straight away to West Brom. He's, he, he fit in really well, to be honest, when he came down. Obviously, he, he went back for a few players and brought them down. So they knew the system and, and how he wanted to play straight away. So it was similar for a while. It, it turned, you know, the first sort of six months, some of the, you've speak to some of the West Brom fans now, it were outstanding football. It's football that probably not seen for a long, long time since probably Ozzy had left, really, in terms of the football. And then whether he just got one too many players in from, from his old club, I don't know what it was, but just things just turned for him and they turned pretty quickly. And at a club like West Brom, 20-odd thousand in the ground, it doesn't take long for him to make the feelings known and uh, it's time to move on. I mean, you've got quite a unique perspective on that as well, because obviously you've seen him when it's gone really well and when it's yeah. when it's not so. Was there, was yeah. there a difference in the way he managed and, and sort of looked after West Brom than he did, say, at town? And were you surprised with the difference there was when you came to, to Grimsby and, and sort of the turnaround he'd made there? Um, to be honest, in terms of how he was and how his style and what it was like when he was winning, exactly the same at West Brom and what it was Grimsby. When they were losing, it could be an absolute nightmare, which is understandable because he wants to win. Uh, so there was no difference from him managing down at West Brom to going back up to Grimsby. Not that I saw at all. If we lost, we were in Sunday morning, regardless of whatever happened, which was a flipping nightmare if you'd organised to do something on Saturday night. But that was just one of those things. You knew you were going to be in. Um, so in terms of how we managed West Brom, no different, no different to when he went back up to Grimsby at all. And was it and was it him that sort of initiated the move and, and sold the club to you and the and the project? Or was it the hope of getting back a bit too close to, to family and friends as well, I guess? No, it, I met him I met him at the uh, little chef on the A thirty eight on a Sunday morning once and uh, I was just about to go I had about it was a nightmare because I was meant to be playing golf at twelve o'clock. I met him about ten o'clock and he caught me looking at me watch at about quarter to eleven. He gave me a right telling off. <laughs> So I think you know, I'm going to miss playing golf. But I met him there on the A38 um, and he just told me that the uh, the chairman had given him a certain amount of money um, and he wanted to go to obviously bounce, uh, obviously go back into the championship. That's what he, that's what his aim was. He'd given him a certain amount of money, which is quite a lot of money in them days in terms of spend and also on wages. Told me who uh, he was after signing, obviously, players that had already got there and I knew about anyway. And I just thought it was time for a move and I just thought it could be, um, I just had a funny feeling that it could be a good thing to go and uh, I needed a break from there and it was just idea really just to go up there and uh, new surroundings, new beginning. Obviously you'd had experience of Alan Buckley before coming over. Had you had much of experience of town in a more general sense before joining? No, not really, to be honest, no, other than playing there a couple of times and things like that. Um, you knew, Obviously, you speak to players about how our friend of the club is in terms of a family club and things like that. But that was it, really. Nothing. Um, I wouldn't. I'll be honest. And probably not a great deal else I would have known about the club at the time. But you, you must have been aware, Kev, of like the, the rivalry, which now seems crazy. But there was quite a big rivalry, certainly from Grimsby's side towards you know West Brom with the, with Alan leaving. Um, can you? Yeah. Did you play? Did you play in the game when Nirvana Benetti scored the winner one nil? Nine, no, I came. Yeah, no, I came back up. When did I came? I came back up and played for. Well, no, sorry, I played up for. But that was when Alan was manager, and we yeah. came back up, and I I scored, and Andy Hunt scored. I think it was two nil. I don't know whether Benetti was playing that year. I'm not sure. No, I don't think it was, no. no, I don't think he was. So he came back up, and obviously he didn't get the best of receptions, didn't Alan? Um, <laughs> And obviously, going out, we ended up beating Grimsby as well, so that didn't go down too well. So we knew, I knew what it was. It was hostile for him, and to be honest, he didn't like it. He didn't like the fact that he'd done. I think it was the fact that he'd done so well there, and everybody had turned on him, or the majority had turned on him um, for going down to West Brom. But I suppose he just thought maybe a big club, give it a chance and see what happens. Was he harshly treated at West Brom? Do you think? Um, difficult to say I don't know the ins and outs I think he did alright to be honest I thought I thought he had a decent record there but West Brom do it doesn't take long before if things are going wrong that you're not going to last long there if results are going against like most places but it's pretty much you haven't got long there if you need to turn things around pretty quick and we just couldn't turn things around for him 
I was trying to find the team sheet, but I can't find anything. The only other West, the town West Brom game that season at the Hawthorns was we lost 3 1. Bob Taylor got two, yeah. and Richard yeah. Sneaks got the other. Sneakers, and then, yeah, yeah. And then Jamie Forrester got the uh, the consolation yeah. goal for ourselves. Um, but yeah, that West Brom game, I remember that being hyped for. Yes. For, yeah. I was, I, I was what, nine? And I even remember like the build up for it for a yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> talked, that's the only time I remember, like, that's a proper cup final for us. When what's, I'd imagine West Brom turn up just apart from Alan, just shrugging, going, What's going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alan, he was, he was, I've never seen that's probably the one only game where it was different in terms of his mannerisms for the whole day before the game, during the game. Um, he knew it was a big game, and I think, I think he did feel a little bit hard, hard done to in terms of what people were saying. Obviously, a lot of things being said towards him. and and I don't think he liked it, to be honest. Um, and I don't think it actually sat well the whole day with him, really, to, if I'm not quite honest with you. That's that's fair, isn't it? It was... Yeah. Get, consider, and, and, and absolutely, considering what he'd done, even if we yeah. try and take out the other two t- terms he had as manager at the club, yeah. he'd already done enough to staple himself into the club folklore for, for what he'd achieved. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I guess... One advantage of his his like of former players is we got you, and then we got uh, obviously Paul came back as well, and and um, did you did you were the was the rumours about Round West Brom? I don't know how it worked because it might probably a little bit before my time, but he obviously came back to town. Was yeah. that in the, that was in the off season, wasn't it? Scott? Yes, yeah, yeah. And and so were there rumours at West Brom like oh he's gone there, he's gone back. Would anybody be going and and or did? Did you hear nothing of of a like? Well, knowing Alan, when you, I mean, I knew Groves, I knew Groves as well, so I knew Groves he was going back up within two days, so I knew he was going on his way. Um, and I'd also spoke to Paul as well, and he'd also asked if I fancied going up as well. So thanks, Paul. I thought I knew, I kind of knew what was going to happen in terms of I knew it was going to. I was sort of waiting for a call. I'd already sort of half expected him to call and obviously he did and uh, I'd already spoke to Grozy about it and then obviously then that meeting at the uh, Little Chef sort of decided everything. So uh, when you came in, obviously you've, you've mentioned that uh, Alan had been given a decent budget by yeah. the chairman. What was the kind of mood in and around the squad at the start of the season? Obviously, like we've said, it started a little bit slow. Was there yeah. any ever any doubts or was everybody kind of confident that the season would end out well uh, in the long run? Do you know what? I think there were doubts, to be honest, because obviously obviously, we'd come up, myself had come up, it basically put a side together with the amount of money that it got. Um, obviously, we sort of acquired one or two players as well throughout the season that made a massive difference. But I think those... I can't remember a game because we were we were all still living myself Groves. Yeah, I think even Alan were living back down at uh, we were still living in the Midlands at that point. So I remember us getting in. I think I don't know whether we played Preston. And to be honest, Alan, we were all back. We, Alan would give us a lift back down. So me and Paul in the car, we were thinking, I think we've got beat as well. And he just turned around and said, "What's happening, boys? What's going on?" He said, and just Groves said, he said, "Don't worry, just give it a little bit of time." Hopefully, everything's everything will turn out okay. But it just it, I think it just took a while. For, I think chucking a team together like that took a little bit of time. But what I would say is, once we got the first few wins, you could tell there was something a little bit different about what was going on. And those well, first those wins were big as well. So obviously, we'd beaten Fulham away. Yeah, in that game, and you scored, didn't you? That they were my thinking of the semi final. Uh, that'd be. Oh, it was Livo got to, Livo got two. Sorry, Livo. Yeah, 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 yeah. But big games. But you could, there was just something about um, just the way that everybody was sort of bonding together, and it, you could just tell that. And obviously, you could never tell if we're going to end up how it ended up. Obviously, obviously playing at Wembley and things like that. But you just thought, actually, this team's got a chance. I, I want to hear more about these car journeys. <laughs> Uh, with Alan Buckley, that must have been hell. To be honest, time. it was a one-off. There was no way we were oh. going in that car again after that one. <laughs> Not a chance. He hammered us for two hours all the way down. <laughs> no, no, no one to stop at a service station on the way down. Just get me back as quickly Wait, as possible. Straight back, straight back. Yeah, we got a grill in that night. I tell you, Groves. Luckily, Groves was sat in front. I were in the back. I can't even imagine. I mean, I know it's Alan Buckley, but the imagine that Paul 
Paul Groves is getting a bollock in. It's just an image that doesn't sit in my head. <laughs> no, it won't. It was, uh, it was, it was no, pretty awkward. I'll be honest with you. I'll never forget it. Actually, <laughs> as I just said, there it was not not the best two hours of my life. That one, that's for sure. Anyway, looking forward to coming back in a couple of weeks, eh, Kev? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Are you, I, don't, I don't know how it works. He's obviously managing. Are you, are, are you being managed by him or are we on uh, a different... Well, to be honest, we don't know. We just keep seeing... There's about 8,000 players coming back still. <laughs> We've no idea whether he's going to manage all of us or what. I don't know whether he's going to manage a certain era. We don't know. We're just going to come back and obviously uh, it's for a great cause and we'll, uh, we'll do whatever we're told to do. As long as you don't concede, if you're being managed by him, you'll be fine. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that, hopefully he's mellowed a little bit now. <laughs> no. Um, no. <laughs> um, I mean, in that season, what was, was there a defining result from you guys that really made you aware that something special was going to happen? I know when Wembley mm. came around, I remember the Blackpool game more than anything. Yeah. The game before your wonder goal. Yeah, and um, Blunder Park was rammed. Well, for Blunder Park, yeah. it was it was rammed, and people were really excited. Was that was there any game in that season going for for you? I know you'd already been, but you're like, yeah. oh, hang on, we can we can go here. Yeah. When was when did that come into your head? It was, enough, and this was death because I can't even remember the team that we played. But we came out. Obviously, the dressing rooms came out, and obviously, meet sort of each other just outside the referees' room. And Graham Rogers started singing a song, something to do with Muhammad Ali or something. I can't even remember it was. Everybody started joining in. And I mean, everybody from, from Grovesy all the way. And it, it echoed. It was that loud. And it was just the players singing. And we looked at across. Team didn't fancy it. I can't remember what it was. The team never thought I could tell these are going to get, we'll do these, these today. But I could. there was something about that lead up to walking out on that pitch where... He got it from, I don't know, you'll probably have to ask him at some point, Graham. Everybody, and I thought, I just thought, this is, we're all together here. We're ready to go. And it's something I've never never been involved with, where it's just like a sort of just, it just went on and on and on and on. So we got onto the pitch and I just thought, this is, this is different, this. There's something going on. So it wasn't particularly a game, as in playing the game. But that, that for me, stands out in my mind quite strong, as a strong moment. And I thought, everyone, we've got a, We've got something in terms of a bond, a spirit that we could definitely go on and do something. Was that quite early on in the season then that you remember that being? No, or can you not say, even really place would, it? No, I would probably say it was um, probably midway through. Probably midway through. Okay. Um, it was strange, it's a strange one, but it just sticks in my mind in terms of the thought. It's just this is this is a little bit different. This we uh, we've got something going. That's that's brilliant. I mean, in the years, the year of social media, that would have been, that would have been, been, that would have been all over the, been yeah. absolutely all over the place. Yeah, charity yeah. singles coming out, having you all stood in front of Grimsby College. We actually, we should probably talk about that um, video at some point. The twist yeah. music video. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe another time. Yeah. What was it like? What was it like playing against Leeds? It was good, yeah. It was, I mean, we had a, I mean, a brilliant one to We had a great season. We were playing Leeds and Liverpool same season. So it was fantastic. Obviously, going back, obviously, the team that I supported um, was good. Obviously, we didn't come out the right with the right result. But um, it was just it was just another thing that just sort of, when you look back, just fell into place. It was just obviously meant to be. My family, a lot of Leeds fans could go and watch. And then, obviously, myself playing and... Um, yeah, it was just it was just a, a good occasion, but obviously coming up against a good Leeds team, and then other nights at Anfield, yeah, you know, in the League Cup, and also Hillsborough, which gets forgotten yeah. about. You know, beating Sheffield Wednesday, who I think sacked David Pleat, you know, straight after. Yeah, but beating those over two legs. I remember that was my first ever away game, the Hillsborough game, and I think we lost three two on the night. I think, but beaten two nil in the first leg, and it was you know De Canio, Carboni, that team, yeah. and you know you had good cup nights like that. And Absolutely, it must yeah. have only been a good experience going into the league. Yeah, that were brilliant. Do you know what? That were a brilliant night. That one at Hillsborough. I remember that obviously with the Canio and Carboni playing. They had a fantastic. They had a really, really good side. But another one of those things where you think we've got you know obviously not on the night, but fantastic performance, nearly a great result. And then you look at the players that were played against. They were phenomenal players, and we put ourselves against them pretty well. So it were, and fans were there. So it's just like it was one of those, as you say, brilliant nights in that season. Yeah, and even the Liverpool game, you know, losing 3-0 is no disgrace. 
Michael Owen getting a hat trick, but it, it can only be a good experience for the players, especially the younger lads. Absolutely, to go there anyway. But obviously, when you go in, uh, when you're playing against players like that, obviously we'd never. I mean, it was obviously I think it was Michael Owen's first ever hat trick. We'd actually. Um, I remember us being in the dressing room and Alan's brother was a scout, which was Steve, I think it was Steve. Yeah. And obviously he came down, he always used to come down and give you like the team sheet with everybody on and then give a little bit of a write-up. But the only write-up we didn't have on the team was obviously Michael, Michael Owen because <laughs> they hadn't seen enough of him in terms of games and all they, all they had was um, score, scored a bundle of goals in reserves and youth team. That was it. <laughs> the rest of them, you had McManaman, big... Paragraph like that. There are Leonard's and big paragraph about what he can do. Michael Owen scored bundles of goals in reserves. Anyway, that didn't last long. That didn't last long, did it? <laughs> we've, Pete, we've, Pete, Andy side got told to mark him. He said, <laughs> we'll best, we won't bother with you, Mark, Levo. So we will we'll put Pete on him. Anyway, he was swearing after about five minutes, saying, Jesus Christ, what have we got here? He was like an absolute bullet. Unbelievable. Oh. I, yeah. we, we even forget that you forgot off that list beating Leicester City as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is, it's incredible to think so much happened in that season. Yeah, I think and Kevin Jobling scored in one in that probably Leicester goal, Leicester City. When oh. Neil Lennon, I think Neil Lennon were playing and people like that, they had a good side as well, phenomenal side. They were League Cup champions at the time, yeah. weren't they? I think, when we yeah. Them. yeah, fantastic side. And, and another, like, as I say, another one of their nights at Bundle Park, which is like, Absolutely packed to the rafters. It creates such an unbelievable special atmosphere. Stuart Campbell played in that game. I did not know that. Stuart, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Grimsby Town, Stuart Campbell. I just had to click yeah. on it because it said S. Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> Sold in play for them. Um, and then, um, yeah. Well, we should really talk about probably one of my favourite ever goals for town where you rattled it in from... Well, whenever I talked about it, it started from 25 yards out. And by the end of it, it was about 47 <laughs> yards out from goal. How was that Burnley game? I mean, it must stick in your memory, but was that one of the sweetest goals you've ever scored? Or uh, really? in ter- Yeah, in terms of strike, it was. Obviously, with it, you know, you'd often hit them where as sweet as it does, as sweet as I did on the night. Um, but I think more so, I think, for just for what it meant for everybody, you know, obviously, suddenly... Everybody realised, and we're going, we're going to Wembley, which was obviously unknown, but un, never happened before. So it was just what it meant to strike um, on the night, um, and the fans behind the just behind the goal as well, which couldn't have gone in a better better place really. At that on that side of the uh, on that behind that the goal, it was brilliant. Yeah, especially and against Chris Waddle as well. I mean, you had a very good side. Yeah, they had a good side. Chris Woods in goal, Chris Waller. They had some decent players. Um, that was, I know we're not allowed to swear on here, but that was Wayne No, you Burnett. can go ahead. It was Wayne, <laughs> Wayne Burnett's famous words. As I remember the corner coming over, ball got headed out, and as it's dropping, old Wayne just said, just fucking hit it, guys. <laughs> Bang. Excuse my French. Apologies. I, I mean... We've been a podcast on town for the last four years. There has been plenty of fucking swearing on this. Thing. Right, that's all right then. That's good. And that was weighing all over. That was his work. That was his technical term. Because that's what I remember from like 2001 as well, when we, we'd beaten Fulham to stay up. Yeah. And they, they we had that few moments in the back where it was on the highlights video, I think. I don't know if you guys remember it as well. Yeah, you? I remember. Get fucking yeah. in there and then sort yeah. of beats up the uh, door. Yeah. Yeah, that's weighing all over but that was his technical term on that night so he was a classy player Kev wasn't he? he he added another dimension to that team Wayne were unbelievable absolutely unbelievable never have seen anybody just be able to pick a pass out in all my life and like you said before in terms of knowing where players were he was phenomenal absolutely phenomenal you just and there's nowhere I look because I'd only, stuck, I'd only stood out on right wing anyway but to actually find me all the time was Brilliant. It, were, it were brilliant for me. But it was just one of them jigsaws that just came and fitted in just at exactly at the right time. They were absolutely brilliant. But what a player he was, yeah. Phenomenal player. I guess in the build-up to, to the first Wembley appearance, were, were mind because I remember there was a lot of worry about the run of games we'd had. I'm just trying to look yeah. at it now. So we beat Plymouth, and then after that, one, two, one three. winning nine, I think. Nine, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I guess... I guess Thoughts were on Wembley. I mean, you can't blame you, but 
was that was that all the focus was on? I assume Alan was ripping out whatever hair he had left to at the time. Or? No, he was, going, he was going absolutely. Not every single game, he went absolutely ballistic with it, yeah, because <laughs> he wanted us to go in and carry on the run. But for some reason, we just couldn't get it. We just were having a mare, really, those last few games. Couldn't get things going. Um, so, no, we were down the train line on a Sunday morning many times leading up to the playoff games. That's where we'd go running on a Sunday morning and that were leading right up to the games because we were getting beat every every week nearly. What's this run? Where does it start from? I can't remember. Well, you used to take us out on a minibus down some train line and then just leave us there and say, you've got to run it all the way back. Take us flipping hours. <laughs> Would that be the old Peaks Parkway? Or what is Peaks Parkway now? I can't remember. It was massive. He used to take us out in the minibus. He wouldn't speak to us, drop us off and say, we'll see you back at end. And he used to drive about another five miles away and then meet us at end. Aidan Davison once walked it all the way. We had to wait for it. Took him about, took him about two hours, and he wanted best of moves when he came back. So that was a bit of a clash. How was uh, Tony Gallimore with all that on a Sunday morning? <laughs> um, do you know what? He went a bad runner. It made no difference. Didn't affect him. He could just do it for some reason. I have no idea how he could just do it. It didn't matter whether what day of week it is. He'd come in and train absolutely. I've never seen anybody train like it in my life. It was, it was I think, think Macca said, said that as well, didn't he, Alex? I think. Yeah. I assume there was just a decent pub at the end of the run. <laughs> well, it was, it, yeah. It were, it were, yeah. We were there pretty quick, put it that way. It was just, but Gally was, he was another good player. A really, really, really top player with an unbelievable left foot. And um, if, if you know he'd been out a couple of times but if he had been out you just had to stay away from him in training so I knew straight away if he had and I'd just go to the side of the pitch and stay away because he'd missed time one or two things I thought it's not worth getting in his way and they were a big lad so I used to just disappear to the other side for that morning if I thought he'd been on a proper good one I'd just disappear but um, he could train there were never any hassle with him in terms of his training and things like that he always you turned saying- up and you spent a lot of time left wing in training then is what you're saying, Kev, basically. Quite a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite a few times. Um, yeah. Sorry, Alex. Um, no, I was only going to say something stupid. Go ahead. <laughs> you haven't heard mine yet. Um, something uh, I noticed, I say I was watching some of the games back from that season with Dawson not long ago and um, came across Paul Pescasolido's tackle in the playoff final and the thing that always strikes me with that is that nowadays I'd expect to see everybody crowding around the referee and people just kind of saunter over what what was going on there because I just half expect to see everybody jumping up and around you know what I don't think I think because Pete had already played it I think everybody were following were following play I think there were only obviously the fans obviously could see and obviously the referee obviously close by but I think we were following play and it was it's one of them where sometimes you've gone and you turn around, you miss, and then obviously Pete's lying on the floor. So I don't think anybody overly saw. I think Grovesy were in pretty quick. Um, but apart from that, I don't think there was actually. But obviously the referee were, you know, probably about five or ten yards away, obviously looking straight at it. So yeah, um, it, 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 it always struck me. Even, even my daughter commented on it that literally. I think Tony Gallimore and, and Paul Groves, as you say, come over pretty quick, but yeah. nothing really no. happens. No. And then all of a sudden, Rufus Brevet appears from about 80 yards away and wants well, a piece of nobody. He, w- he would do, yeah. He would have done, yeah. Yeah. That, that no, right. I, think, I, just, I think it was that, that we played just gone. He took him out. We'd all turned and gone wherever Pete played it. And that would be the next time we looked, to were flat out on the floor. I mean, if we need to talk about fouls, let's let Livo's assist um, for yours. Um, should that goal have stood? <laughs> well, it, won't, it won't stand now, would it? No, <laughs> won't stand now. Won't stand now at all. No, because you can't. You can't basically take somebody out where it's, the ball's nowhere near. I suppose, <laughs> can you? Well, I don't take I absolutely flattened him, didn't I? And I, the, the thing is, I knew exactly what we were going to do. I knew He's we weren't going to touch. I knew it. I knew exactly what when the ball when Wayne got on the ball and he played it. So as he left his foot, I thought Liverpool was going to smash him here. And he's not going to hold it up. There's no interest in playing the ball at all. And it, it were just 50-50 where the referee saw it as that or it's body check, but whenever a body check were it in a million years. It was a similar goal in the playoff final, wasn't it? Yeah, when very similar, Burnett, yeah. Burnett played it forward, I think Jack Lester Jack. this time. 
Yeah, just swipe the defender and, and it came through to you, didn't it? And, yeah. and I knew what Jack, Jack's the same. You could tell by Jack's body shape. I could tell by Jack's body shape what he was going to do in terms of... He weren't going to hold it up. He was, he was just going to roll the kid. Well, he was going to foul him probably as well. Probably the same. Not Probably not as much as Libos, but certainly held him off and rolled him. I could tell what he was going to do in that game as well. But that was Jack. Uh, clever player was Jack in terms of um, in terms of playing the defender. You mean he won a lot of penalties is basically what you're saying there. Well, he could get tripped on halfway <laughs> line and landed box country. Good Jack. He was good at it. Even now as a coach, I wouldn't be surprised if he could. <laughs> he was good. Yeah, he was good. Right. The only other one that I've got in terms of uh, fisticuffs was Dan Hurst sent a message saying, what happened with the Blackpool fullback? I have no idea about this. And he's kind of added, they ended up scrapping near the touchline. I don't even... I can, can remember you, this. I can remember. I remember. I remember, and I remember, and I think it was a guy. I think it was a, a lad player called John Hills, left back. I think he got sold to Everton in early in his career. Um, I do remember it, and I remember. I don't know what it was about, but I just remember having a little bit of a bit of argy barge, and then we, we sort of clashed just away from the dugout, and we both slid onto the cinder sort of the track. But it wasn't him actually caused all the hassle. The big centre half, or I can't remember, it was at the time, came all the way over, stood, he just basically stood straight on the inside of my thigh, which obviously sent me nuts. And that sent me going, it's obviously bananas for the next 10, 15 minutes. So, one actually the left back was the left back we'd had originally caused the hassle that we were having a little bit of a ding dong with. But it was actually the centre half that sort of said, obviously, red mist, because he just came from nowhere and literally he knew exactly where he just stamped straight on the leg there. I think we went down and scored not long after it. I think uh, Daryl Clare, probably, I think Daryl yeah. scored in that game. Yeah, it was but a night we, game. Yeah, night yeah, game. yeah. And it made Sky Sports' fight, uh, it was Sky Sports' fight of the week. I oh, did it, that. right. Yeah, which yeah. Uh, is a sign of time. There's one thing you would not get these days, but yeah. No, no. <laughs> and there's not one thing that you get me involved in, so that's a No, yes, it was quite rare for you, Kev, wasn't it, to get involved it in It was just that, like. it was just that. I knew I could see what he'd done, and it wasn't, it wasn't the left-back. Obviously, the left-back we'd had a bit of tussle with, and it were, we were just having one of them games, but it was the centre-half that caused caused me to sort of lose it, and obviously, I think everybody's piled in on. But it was it was off the pitch where it happened, right next yeah. to the fans. I remember it. I do remember it. Um. Just uh, moving on a bit, Kevin. Sorry if this puts a bit of a downer, but obviously we've mentioned about you having a great goal-scoring season in the in the double year, and then you the next year you went on and and got a duck. Unfortunately, how did yeah, that yeah. Eff- affect you? Because I can imagine that that's a massive kind of knock when you're on a bit of a high from there as well. It, it was an absolute nightmare because I've been. I remember I didn't play for. I think it was quite a, quite a chunk of the first part of the season. I'd done me back. I did me back in um, pre-season training, so I missed quite a few games. Um, took me a while to get back into things um, and it was just one of those things to be honest I've absolutely I couldn't tell you it weren't through lack of trying it weren't through lack of effort in terms of having shot just one one of those things that just wouldn't go in one that wouldn't go in to say it like say to score that many of the uh, previous seasons and not to get one the next season it was pretty uh, it was pretty horrific season actually that way it was a tough one to get over but one of those things you're not begging to get a penalty at that point at any point in the season. I know. I just I don't think it ever happened, or whether I'd, because I'd been injured or something like that, I'd missed it. Maybe Grosey were on them or something. I can't really remember. Well, I'd, you probably get... missed, I'd have probably missed it anyway, so I'd have probably better off not taking it. To be honest, <laughs> I, well, <laughs> no comment. Because um, I mean, you came off a season where you'd played sixty-seven games that year, from from. 97, 98. I mean, that's got to have some effect. Obviously, you were, you say you came back in September, from from my memory, you came back in late September the next year. And then you kind of had another month off shortly afterwards. And then you came back sort of Christmas time. Yeah. So, I mean, that's got to take its toll in some way. Playing 60, I know we, I mean, we talk about it quite a lot, how many games we, we played that season. But obviously, not half as many subs as you guys as they have now we just thought there was what three guys on the bench and that was that yeah, was it yeah yeah I don't know but I mean, it might have been I just, I just think it was just one of those things it was injured I'd had previous with it at West Brom exact same thing so as soon as it went I knew I knew what I'd done and how long it would be but trying to come back for it came back probably a little bit too early obviously did it again and then Alan sent me away for a month I think I ended up going a couple away for a couple of weeks on holiday and things like that just to get away from it because it was doing me heading in terms of not being able to get to anywhere near 
the level I was the season before and I found it quite frustrating. Well, I found it, I can remember it being an absolute nightmare, um, not being able to produce it. And I knew that I just weren't at that level of fitness there was the season before. But and also as well, once I did get back to fitness, it just didn't happen in terms of my form as well. So it was just one of those things that um, just escalated really that season. It also meant you missed, Kev, the uh, 5-1 demolition of your old team. Yeah, I remember it well. At the start yeah. of that season, I think it was on the bank holiday in August. Yeah, yeah um, I that season. And I remember that. In fact, Richard Snaker scored an absolute blinding free kick, I think. Yeah, uh, he did. That, that day. But town looked absolutely unstoppable that day. Yeah, well, I think Alan had just got unwound up to, well, I know he had, because I was in the dressing room before, he got unwound up to the hilt, ready for it. They were up and ready for it. Um. Grimsby is not an easy place for an away team to come and play anyway. West Brom had some big players at that point. Um, and probably on the day, just didn't fancy it. I don't think they fancied it. And, and Grimsby were in bulldozer mode. It got them in that sort of mood and there were no stopping them. I remember watching it. I remember watching all goals and just thinking, we're absolutely unstoppable that day. Played really well. I think Smudger, Smudger, Dave Smith, he yeah. scored. And yeah, he had Grove, a blind yeah, they, they were brilliant game. A brilliant, yeah. fantastic game, yeah. This, you play in so many classic games. My, the most entertaining game I will ever say that for a town, you also scored in that one. And this is, I feel really cruel just like, do you remember this game from 25 years ago? But that we beat Forest 4 3 at home. Was that when we would play a sent off? We had, there was two, they had Dave Besson sent off and somebody yeah. else. The keeper, the, the ref got knocked out by Grovesy. <laughs> um, <laughs> You, you got a, uh, Lee Ashcroft got a pen. You scored as well in the last couple of minutes, and Mark Lever scored an own goal. Um, <laughs> it was it was an absolute barnstormer of a game. I don't know if you remember it, but I, absolutely I remember it. That. Yeah, I do because we were thought. I think they were down to, and they, I think they scored when they were down to nine men as well. Yeah, so they did. Night, yeah, they did. I do remember it well. It was an uh, interesting, entertaining game, yeah, to say the least. And what was it? And the other one that season was um, Charlton, who just ripped us apart. I mean, Clive McDonker had come back. And that was just terrifying, that game. You scored in that one and all. Um, I remember no, it being Ram then. It was absolutely packed. Absolutely packed. But as you say, decent, obviously a good side, good players. Um, couldn't live with them. Couldn't live with them at all. Uh, what was the... Hang on. What was the questions I've got here? What was the... Um, oh, so, um, Jacko had asked. He said he's got a Wembley 98 shirt that needs signing. I'm ready to be framed, so I assume he'll be seeing you at the Broadley game. <laughs> bring it, that's fine. Yeah. Bring a Sharpie. Uh, <laughs> I know him off Twitter very well, so I will gladly oblige that. Not a problem at all, which he knows anyway, absolutely. Joe Turner asked, did you panic at any point that Woodman wasn't going to go to ground in the 98 final? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it took, it, took, it took a while, didn't it, to be honest. I didn't think he was. I thought I was going to have to do something a bit different, but eventually I saw, I thought he's a goner here. It were either me or him go first. And it, luckily, to be honest, he just, I could just see him stumbling. And I thought, I've just got probably half a yard. And that was at the point then, obviously, the, uh, he dropped and I could put it away. That was, that was, that was an incredible moment. Did it, was, it, was that one of the highlights? I, well, of course it was. That would be a stupid question to ask, but... Um, what was, I mean, in that moment, I mean, that, that game had so many different emotions for you. Yeah, yeah, massive. It, do yeah. you, can you look back on it fondly? I guess with the penalty miss, it doesn't really matter in the end. Does it just uh, sort of put a stain on it a little bit or? Yeah, if, if you're honest, of course you do. You want to score. If you look back, I mean, at the end of the day, we won, we got up and that yeah. was, you know, that was the main thing. But obviously you look back and there were some interesting points that could have swung that game both ways in that in that and I probably were involved, involved in majority <laughs> of um, but I do remember I remember um, I remember Tommy because I remember the Northampton fans being behind that goal where I scored and obviously Tommy Widrington was it took a bad serious injury in training but he was doing the sky commentary and I can remember him saying I, I said have a look where I am and he was in the box just above the Northampton fans so I said look he said if I score I said I'll come and give you a wave so obviously, bang, thought Tommy. So I went straight up. But I think the Northampton fans, I thought we're giving it to them. So I go get. I thought I'm good at dog getting dogs abused. Probably waving to Tommy up in the skybox. Now, now <laughs> we know why they were so. They took so much joy in denying us promotion, like seven maybe, years later. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. But they did. I remember. I remember getting quite a bit on that thinking. But no, it was not to do with that. I didn't even know they were there. To be honest, I was just going to go up to wait to Tommy. 
I mean, the town should have been away. I think Grovesy hit the bar as well in that game. He did. Um, and Northampton were, you know, they were tough opponents. I remember them having John Gale, a big striker up front, and yeah. Carl Higgs. Carl Higgs, was he at yes. West Brom as well? He was. Carl was at West Brom and he, uh, yeah. he was decent centre-forward. Yeah, yeah. He was and I remember I remember their, their manager, Ian Atkins, after the game was, it was a bit sour grapes. It was, I think he said, the best team lost today, that kind of yeah. thing. And, yeah, um, he didn't take it well, I remember, on the day. Look, I remember watching his interviews thinking the same thing. I thought it's not took that well, not that we were overly bothered like, but, but it, didn't take you know, it. it Town finished third at the end of the season, you know, at the end of the season in the league. So it was the fair, you know, the fairest result. Yeah. yeah. But I think it was one of them, wasn't it? I think I think it's one of them where you get beat there, you think you've but I think overall, like you say, that game should have been wrapped up and gone. In all this, we could have had two or three quite easily. I know I know they could have had a couple, but I think the game should have been dead and buried. And I think we're for him to say, I remember him saying, I don't think you were the best side on the day by uh, by any stretch of the imagination. What what are your memories, Kev, of, of of that day of the celebrations afterwards? What do you do it on the on the bus on the way back, or how, how does uh, it go? Yeah, we did on the bus. We stopped off as well. We had that stop off, and then on the bus. And then, to be honest, I've, I've, as you probably expect, I don't think many people can remember getting off the bus the other side. Um, obviously, with the journey that we had, um, but also as well, there's just a lot of relief in terms of you know you've gone. At the end of the day, you've played so many games and it comes down to one game. And I think it's just, I think it's relief more than anything. Obviously, you're having a brilliant time on the bus with everybody. Fantastic time. Um, but it's, it's a realisation that all them games have been worthwhile. You haven't got, gone down there because there can be no, I'm sure there's no worse feeling than losing at Wembley. Um, and you've done and done it and you've made everybody happy. Everybody in Grimsby has gone down. And you're back where you know you're back with the big boys in the championship, so it was it was a brilliant feeling, brilliant journey back, and obviously a few uh, drinks were drunk. And it's justification for you boys who joined, who dropped a division as well. Yeah, I mean, it, we, yeah, it was, but we also, I think, we knew as well that we're we're in no certain terms that he had a, quite a little bit of a decent amount of money to put a team. I mean, you still got to be fair to Alan, you still got to put a team together that will play and what will win, but. Um, yeah, it was definitely worth. Uh, it was worth, obviously, as you say, dropping down to go uh, to go back up. Oh, sorry, Ian. I thought you would say something. Sorry, man. Um, uh, I'm just having a quick look through it, and then obviously you came back against against Barnsley. How was that coming back to Blundell Park? I mean, a bit of change by then. Didn't it? Uh, when I came back, I mean, Barnsley was a big. I mean, I, what I'd been at Grimsby four years. I was on a Bosman. Um, out of everything in what I did in football in terms of decisions and things, that was my biggest mistake was going there. I should never have gone. Um, I knew that within two days of signing as well. I knew in my head that I'd done the wrong thing. But one of those things where, you'd, you know, you've got to buckle down, you've made the decision and you've just got to get on with things. Are you, are you allowed to tell us, Kev, why, why you knew it was the wrong decision? Um. There were no big, no big sort of anything. I just had a feeling when I went there that things weren't. Obviously, they'd obviously just come down as well. They they got the I think they got relegated the year before, and there was just a funny, there was just a funny feeling about the place. To be honest, and there was a lot of players there who were looking to get out. Um, so the dressing room wasn't brilliant. There were some good, there were some fantastic players there. So Chris Morgan and people like that would make you feel welcome. Mitch Ward, they had some really, really good players. But the feel around the whole place wasn't. I could just tell it wasn't right. And I made, I made the, I made the mistake of going there for logistical reasons rather than going somewhere else. I should have gone somewhere else when I had the opportunity. But. What had happened, in, because you're on a Bosman, you're allowed to talk to anybody, I think it was from, obviously, after Christmas. So, obviously, they'd, I'd, even though I was playing for it, I knew all about what was going on in terms of bands. They wanted me to go there. Nigel Spatman had contacted me. Um, and I'd already signed the pre-Bosman in March to go there. So, I already knew I was going there. Um, but then I had opportunity to go somewhere else. I spoke to another manager and because I'd given them my word to go to Barnsley, I'd stuck with it. I didn't feel it was the right thing to go back on my word and um, go and sign for somebody else. But looking back in hindsight, I should have gone and signed somewhere else. 
so when you signed the pre-contract thing in March, do you have to keep that to yourself? Yeah, nobody knows. Yeah, nobody can know. Oh, just pre- yeah, yeah, it's a nightmare. But to be honest, I mean, the only person I told was, um, as you probably wouldn't be surprised, was Paul, was Groves. Groves in you. Um, and if you speak to Groves to this day, he'll tell you that I still gave everything. It weren't. They got everything out of me that year, completely everything in terms of what I could give on the pitch. I didn't give it a second thought or anything at all or getting injured or not giving me all. I gave me all. It was time to move on. Um, so I knew it was all going on. It was difficult at times not to be able to say say a lot, but um, we're expecting the first child, things like that. I wanted to get a little bit back home, closer to Yorkshire. I had an opportunity to do it. And that's why I chose going there above uh, going somewhere else, which is probably and was the wrong thing to do because all I can think of is like player of the year awards and kids coming up to you sign autograph are you going to stay next season yeah and you're like yeah hopefully yeah. so no, no. <laughs> you know full Absolutely. well that yeah. you're not yeah it's horrible oh. it's horrible it was in terms of things like that and speaking I knew what we're doing where we're going but it was difficult um but all I can say is at the time, I remember, you know, as I say, if you speak to girls, it didn't affect anything in terms of on the pitch, yeah. which was, at the end of the day, the main thing. Yeah. Um, and as I say, the rest of it, history, but I wish it wouldn't have been. I wish it would have um, had a chance to go somewhere else. I should have gone or I should have possibly stayed, stayed a little bit longer at Brinsbit, but those... Um, that was just the way it was. Who was the other what if, what if, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I spoke to Ian Holloway at QPR. Oh, lucky Ian. escape. Lucky, lucky escape. escape, my friend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> at, the, at the time, QPR were doing well. They had some good players. They were spending big. Um, but it was just, I didn't fancy going to... Well, That's to a hell of a trek, isn't it? With I said to him, but I, did, I, I actually did say to him, and my words were, I apologise, I said, I would like to have come speak to you, but I've already given my word to Barnsley. And Ian just said, I don't care, ignore it. But What's your darts, the... Kev? Hey. What's your darts like? That's not so good. Oh, you wouldn't have fitted in then. You'd... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking definitely a good move for you. Did yeah. you... Yeah. When, when we're speaking about that as well, because obviously there was a bit of an exodus, like in 2000, I'm trying to look, 2003, 2004 at Barnsley, which you missed out, mount, yeah. out on, was a bit of a Grimsby fest. You had... So did Galley and Peter Handerside come to you and ask you about it at any point as well? Obviously, they'd sort of we'd been relegated and we were able to to get out of it. But you, I'm looking at the clubs. Rob Atkinson was there. I mean, he wasn't really your, but would come to us no. later. Mickey Bolding, yeah, yeah. Um, and and uh, Zara Rankin, and there's a couple of others. Paul Warhurst, just to give everyone else yeah. a couple more nightmares. Yeah. Um, I mean, did did some of the guys that you know give you a call to ask you about the setup there and, and what it was like? Or, Quite no, 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 no. If, if they did, they would have never, <laughs> they never have gone. <laughs> they, they certainly didn't. Um, it was just you couldn't have, I couldn't have picked a worse time. Don't get me wrong, my form, form wasn't brilliant. We'd gone, Major Spatman had gone. We'd gone into administration. The mayor of Barnsley had taken over the club. It was flanked by two doormen on his his um, first meeting with the players. And if anybody had a problem, we had to go and see him outside. Um, we weren't going to get paid for four months. If anybody had a problem, we were, we had to go and see him outside. And this is with the, this is the mayor with his because his other I think his other commitment or his other uh, interest was uh, sort of door security. So they turned up and gave us his first meeting, but it was just a disaster from start to finish, absolute start to finish. And then obviously um, I ended up sort of leaving sort of two two and a half years after that with. Um, when good John Thorison, the Icelandic manager from Stoke, he came in and Peter Risdale was the chairman then. Was it a, a bit of a bring your dinner situation? It was saying, sure. <laughs> Go on. No, just say, were you saying he was flanked by two doormen? Uh, just uh, reminds me of the video, I can't remember which, who the manager was, but uh, they bring your dinner. <laughs> <Gone soon. laughs> well, I think I would imagine it would have been if it had gone out in car park, yeah. It was basically it were it were you couldn't obviously you couldn't to tell people now you would probably think you'd know where the law was. You turned up in all his regalia, all the thing, and but then these two doormen escorted him in, and then that was his words. If anyone's got a problem, we'll see you outside. Alan was the same, wasn't he? <laughs> well, yeah, but he'd do it himself. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't need, need, he didn't need to. <laughs> no. What we um, yeah, Ian? What were we going to ask? Sorry. 
Yeah, so uh, last one from me, Kev. Away yeah. from the football, while you were at the club, what was your best moment being at the club? Not being on the pitch, you mean? Well, yeah. We, I mean, we obviously, you know, we, we would go back to the Wembley games and other bits and pieces and the Burnley goal and things like that. But, you know, if you was to have kind of one moment you'd want to go back and relive that was kind of away off the pitch, away from the fans, what would that be? I'll tell you the, the one I'd have on the pitch first. Go for it. Semi-final playoff. Right. That the pylon after it scored. That looked like it'd do you some damage, really. <laughs> the emo- the like absolute emotion around the stadium was unforgettable in terms of that, and just everybody flying in. Matt Lever setting off from halfway line on his hands and knees. It was brilliant, and it was just. Something that I'll never forget, and obviously a lot of fans at that era will never ever forget in terms of just what an unbelievable time it was in terms of, and, and you know, at the end of the game when we'd won and we'd, we're doing the lap of honour and things like that, even though we hadn't, we hadn't even gone to Wembley yet, that's just something that sticks out in my mind in terms of on the pitch, without a doubt. I'd love to go back. That, that was my best memory in terms of just the whole thing, just if you could just, Box everything up on that. That was just an unbelievable night. Um, off the pitch, I had great times there in terms of, and, and I think looking back, that's probably where we built our sort of bond and camaraderie and things like that. I mean, don't get me wrong, we, uh, we did have a good off-field team in terms of getting together and things like that. Um, we used to do it pretty often. We used to have some interesting training sessions the day after, but that was all part of, looking back, what I think made us... Uh, such a such a good team at that time. Um, just to go back to the Fulham game as well. So we we interviewed um, Cockers not long ago, and he said that Kevin yeah. Keegan was very magnanimous after the game. Was that something that he was like with you as well? He was good with the players. He waited for us down the tunnel as we came off. Yeah, yeah, shook everybody's hands. He weren't in the, obviously being in the dressing room, spoke to him, and then but to be fair to him, he waited in the tunnel, shook everybody's hands. He just said best of luck, and that was uh, you know a fair play to the fellow. After he's obviously they'd spent a lot of money, big players expecting to obviously steamroller Little Grimsby in the uh, semi final, but um, we had different ideas. Uh, Kev, like out of all the players, who do you still speak to from from that season as well? Um, I speak to a lot on social media in terms of but obviously social media is a brilliant way to keep in touch and things like that. Speak to Grosy. Um, Lee Norgan, speak to Wayne Burnett, um, back in touch. Obviously, with the with the game coming up as well, it's been good to sort of get back in touch with a lot of players as well, like Aidan Davison, who's been in America for a long time. Um, Mark Lever, I speak to quite regular. Uh, obviously, Stacey Caldicott came a little bit after, but it's just, um, to be honest, when we all go back in a couple of weeks' time, I know for a fact it'll just be like old times. It won't be like being, you know, it'll be like two minutes since we've seen each other. That's how good the uh, that's how good the bond was and how good the uh, team spirit was that Alan had uh, sort of got and built for us. And is this the first time back at, at Blundell Park in a in a while? Uh, it is, yeah, it is for me. Obviously, we had the uh, chairman's game. I've been to sort of a couple of games as well, but not a great deal. Obviously, I don't get a chance really. Obviously, we're watching. Uh, taking my lads to go watch Leeds and my soccer school as well on Saturday. So I don't get the often, often get uh, very much chance to come back, but it's nice when I do come back. I always enjoy it. Yeah, it's going to be a good day. That look forward. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm slightly worried that we might need to, to make a, a map of what bars and grounds are, are, are sort of open around the, around the town. I've got a slightly sadder idea of, of you, Mark Lever and alike, just waiting outside uh, the pier, and realise that it's now a fish and chip restaurant. I think we'll have a long, a long wait, won't we? <laughs> but, oh, man, it's going to be an absolute pleasure to see all of you. I don't, yeah, there's going to be a lot of grown men crying, not just on the, off the pitch either, I think. No, I think I think if you look at, obviously, the WhatsApp group and things like that that's been set up and they, obviously the things that's going around, I think... Um, I think I think you can probably see that all the players are looking forward to coming back. It's not a case of... Oh, I don't, it's, everybody's just jumped on board this and they're looking forward to it and that's you know part of obviously the area they want to come back we haven't been back for a while the club people that you know fans players ex-players people who will be ground staff things like that it's just going to be uh, it's going to be a magical day Change, uh, the changing rooms haven't changed you, no I don't expect <laughs> it will be no no, the um, I, I that WhatsApp group. Can you imagine? That's a way of raising some money for charity. Just tell the fans the highest bidder gets put in it for a week. 
<laughs> Good idea. Yeah. Kev, it has been an absolute pleasure. I can't You're wait welcome. to see you. Uh, thank you so much. Good luck with the soccer school. Good luck with Leeds next season. How does that feel being Brilliant. one of the more loved teams nowadays? Does Has that changed your... Yeah, it's changed. It's changed a little bit, hasn't it, from being the most hated side. I think a lot of people actually, I wouldn't say love them, but they might. I think they'd like to watch maybe the style of play. That's about it. But um, it's going to be nice to be able to go back in and um, obviously get back in the ground and watch hopefully what um, we've been watching on TV and uh, just see it live. It's going to be brilliant to get back out there and just see some of these players that we haven't obviously seen play for Leeds yet, obviously live on the TV. So looking forward to it. Do you feel a little bit robbed of last season? Obviously first one back in the Prem. I think I would have been if we'd have gone down. Yeah. I think I would have been absolutely, I think, well, my two lads would have been devastated. That's for sure. Because obviously they waited a long time, as, as, as a lot of Leeds fans have. But just to obviously see them go back up, it would have been typical Leeds for us to uh, go up and then come straight back down. But obviously with the manager in charge that we've got, it's a little bit different. Yeah, I can, I can well imagine. Yeah. Well, we'll be there soon. Uh, it'll take a few Fingers years. Crossed. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. You never know. Thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. Uh, 